I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And welcome back to Talking Lion. This is the first episode of the chats that we're going to be doing throughout the year. Last year, we just did interviews with people, but this year we wanted to take a second between interviews to talk about the week, to talk about how we've been lately, and just sort of talk about the music industry in general. Also, this might be a cool space to talk about songs that we've written with people and the process of writing those songs as well as just a, a way for all of us to just kind of catch up with you. So this is our first chats episode. Yeah. Also, we will be launching a Patreon when this comes out. Uh, this is a way for us to be able to sustain the podcast, but also invest in our community. So we promise and pledge that 50% of anything that we make on the Patreon will go towards the expenses for the podcast, as well as for community events. Recently, we sponsored Push Up Bra LA, which was started by Zeeland, who had been on the show. And we want to continue to invest in the community as well as in the artists that help make this podcast happen, both visually and uh, musically. So we hope that you'll check out the Patreon. Any amount means a lot to us and will help keep this running and help the community. So without further ado, here's the chat. How you doing, Noah? I'm doing okay. For some context, it's been a weird week. It is currently March 16th, I believe. Yeah. We are quarantined uh, because the world has been shaken by a pandemic, the likes of which we have never seen before. But we've just been in, in the house hanging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, at least it's not a, an official government sanctioned quarantine. It's like an unofficial, everyone's trying to be responsible kind of quarantine. Well, and like you're, as these sirens are going on in the background, <laughs> like your folks are in Italy. Yeah. My folks are in New York. And those are like, well, I mean, Italy is worse than anything right now. But yeah. New York is like, I think the most in the country or second most in the country as far as the infection goes. So obviously we've been worrying about our family just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but trying to stay busy, trying to keep the mind active. I don't think we're going to start TikTok, but maybe by the time this comes out, it, it'll, yeah. it'll inevitably happen. I think, I think, I think everyone's going to start a TikTok in the midst of coronavirus. I told you my chemistry teacher has one now, but I don't know. You're, you're doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I feel like, you know, you and, and Meg were sort of built for this, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a little better I, than I. I've seen a lot of memes that are like, I've been social distancing my entire life. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I was, I, I've studied the blade, so to speak. <laughs> well, for me, it's like, I would go out every night and I also didn't really make food for myself. <laughs> so now I'm just sort of, I'm like, I had oatmeal and a Pop-Tart this morning. Is that all my food groups? Like if I covered the, so. yeah, if I covered I the nutritional, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to heat up some Brussels sprouts after this. We got some frozen that's Brussels good. sprouts. That's good. That's the part that's of the, vegetable. the Brussels sprout food group. Uh, yeah. I've, I've heard that's, that's one of the shapes in the pyramid, right? Yeah. The, the little <laughs> um, but no, one of the, uh, the things that we want to do for these, these episodes are, are ask each other the same questions and see how those questions evolve, see what they inspire. If we go down any rabbit holes, you know, you know us, we do that. Yeah. Um, but you and I put these questions together and I imagine if we have, you know, co-writers and or managers or whatever on the show, we can ask them these questions as well. Yeah. But the first one is music related. What is something new and something old that you've been listening to this week? Something new. 
I've been listening to the new uh, Kalani song a lot. What's it called? It's called Toxic. Ooh. It's really good. It's a really simple record. I think the beat is like a beat for sale that like some <laughs> 16-year-old made that just got finished up. But just, I don't know. She's just such a compelling like performer and vocalist that there's like, even if there's not much going on, she just sells the whole thing. It's just this really like sassy song about like a toxic relationship. And it's just, I don't know, it struck a nerve and it's just like fun, but also really like serious and and like melancholic and introspective and it's just been i've been i've been listening listening to it a lot i haven't listened to it yet so i'm excited to uh, i'm excited to check it out what about something old something old i mean i feel like this is uh because this is the first one i might as well dump the my biggest old music obsession <laughs> of the past four months which has been mort garson's plantasia and the entire <laughs> like family of music that it has inspired over the last 40 years which if you don't know about mort garson's plantasia it's a an album uh written for plants uh by this crazy synthesizer man named mort garson and it's just an instrumental collection of tunes that are meant to make plants grow faster but it's just really fun weird uh blippy 60s hippie music and it's it's really been speaking to me in these in these troubling times why would you say it struck a nerve with you i you know i can't really say i think there's something other than the kind of kitschy fun value of it i think there's something really nice about that era of music when synthesizers were super new and no one quite knew what to do with them and people were experimenting like people like Wendy Carlos who were like trying to like bring out the most interesting and like the most musical characteristics of these very new strange sound sound making devices. I feel like part of the uphill battle of synthesized music has been trying to prove that it's as beautiful, quote unquote, yeah. as like classical. That's what, what like switched on Bach with Wendy Carlos is so interesting. Yeah. Because really just her trying to prove a point like, hey, you guys are like, well, you know, Bach wouldn't fuck with this. And then just showing the people yeah. that no, these synthesizers are really cool. Yeah. If anything, if Bach had, had access to a Moog, he would have had a fucking field day. Like it, like that's, that's what's cool about it. What's also really interesting to me about that whole era of music is especially in like recently that we've gotten so like inundated with the sounds of digital synthesizers. I think there's something about the early era of analog synthesizers that just have, you know, it's like we're obsessed with film and all, and anything sort of vintage. Like there's something about really creative musical moments on these really kind of wonky, imperfect <laughs> machines that I think really speaks to me in this age of like digital perfection where everyone's like designing wavetables down to the formant. Well, and the ironies of like, you know, people, the purists saying like at the time saying, oh, you know, synthesizers aren't actual music. Whereas in my head, I've always thought instruments are, are like presets with extra steps, you yeah. know, like a guitar will always sound like a guitar or, I mean, unless you have programming or pedals or whatever on yeah. it but like you're already setting the timbre which is like as, as opposed to synthesizers you have to create the timbre yeah which uh, creating the timbre is so much a part of what it is it's it's in the name yeah it's, it's the synthesis it's the synthesis i i had trouble figuring out uh the new because there, there's a lot of stuff that came out i am loving amelia's song ocean so good job with that one bud Thank you. and to amelia if you're listening yeah i really love phoebe bridges new song garden song i still haven't actually heard garden song. it's really pretty i've been meaning to it's one on my list sophia grapari another friend of oh, ours yeah, that's a great just record. Put out clear to me which is awesome and then like i'm still making my way through lav's record oh yeah i still have to like it's so hard it. keeping up with the zeitgeist yeah you know i got i got i got my list i got my list as for something old i don't know how far back i mean yours goes back pretty far mine is not like i i've been jamming that ain't it fun th 
throughout all of this. I think that counts at this point. You know, point. it's like, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, and obviously it's not like vintage Paramore, but that is a good fucking song. Yeah. What I love about that song is that, like, it's kind of a fun song, and it's kind of an angry, biting song, but when you really, like, listen to the lyrics, it's like, it's really just her leveling with you. Yeah. Like, it's really her being like, hey, like, you might be the one who's running things, like, where you're from. Yeah. You know, and now it's not. Like, now you just got to, like, like... Um, what's you're, you're, you're a big fish in the pond now that you're what they feed on. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, um, like, what are you going to do when the world don't orbit around you? Yeah. Like, love that. That's so cool. But there's also just something nice about, like, I love a chorus that can land sarcasm. Yeah. That's what really hits me is that, you know, it, I can't even think of another song that does this, like, off the top of my head. I love it. Like, the you ought to know. Like, you ought to know. Yeah. But even you ought to know is not, like, sarcasm. It's not, yeah, it's not quite sarcastic. You know, like, ought to know is, is hey, you said we were going to be together forever and you're still alive, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that, the line of the yeah, pre-chorus, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said you hold me till you die, but yeah, you're still but alive. Yeah, you're still alive, yeah. And um i love that song i love anything she does um but yeah no the chorus of ain't it fun is so cool one just the and the production just like carries i think if you can have like a great compelling counter melody in a synth or something or vocal in a chorus it just it it allows you to write with spaces and that moves the song along it's it's one of those counter melodies that goes pretty much through the whole thing like it's so embedded into the track and it it's just it just carries it like it's just it's just a good riff like it's just it just sticks with the whole thing so yeah i've been i just been jamming to in fun i just feel like in fun becomes relative sorry it becomes relevant in different ways like all the time you know it's from feeling like you're alone to feeling like you thought you had everything under control and you don't yeah i just like listening to that song because it feels like even though it's biting and she's kind of being mean it's like tough love. Yeah. Well, so, didn't she? I, I feel like she, in an interview, she talked about how she wrote it to herself. Yeah. It was we, like addressing like like her old attitude of feeling like she had some kind of agency or power in her life, and then getting struck with reality and being like, oh, like never mind. It's like it's like uh, the pop punk version of Holocene. You know, like yeah. at once I knew I was not magnificent. Yeah. You know, D- different vibe. Different vibe, but yeah. Though I will say that that baseline in Holocene, where we go dun dun da dun. Dun, dun, boom, boom, boom. It's really cool. It is really cool. We're just making mouth sounds, yeah. you know? In a similar vein, are there any movies or TV shows you've seen in the last week or two weeks or whatever that has resonated with you? Yeah, I guess we, we watched Knives Out this week. Oh, yeah. And didn't... When did we watch Snowpiercer? Like two days before that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we've watched a, lot of, watched a lot of movies recently. I just finished Succession on HBO, which is a nice, a fun show about corporate drama and how, uh, I think the thing that I like about that show is it's like all the classic fun power dynamic, like backstabby stuff you'd expect from like that kind of corporate courtroom sort of drama, but they're dealing on like the biggest global scale. It's like these petty interpersonal squabbles have like massive ripple effects across the entire world. And apart from the sort of humor and tragedy of the show, it really makes you think about how like the people who sort of run the world in like politics and like, (laughs) uh, and, and commerce, like how much sway they have over just like the lives of everyday people, but how detached they are from it. And just the sort of weirdness of that. We're seeing that in real time right now. Yeah. You know, like if there's anything that the, the virus pandemic situation is, is bringing to light is just 
how many people are serving themselves and how many people are going to be hurt as a result of it. And people like, not like you and me and whatever, though, obviously we have to do our part as individuals, but like broadly and bigger, how corporations like are looking to profit off of these things or how, you know, how much like the optics of what this was affected Trump's ability to take it seriously. Uh, It's just, it's very interesting how all that like, plays out. I, I like I want to see secession. I also don't for the same reason. Yeah, for sure. You know? It's the same way that like West like you can watch West Wing at various points in your life and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that reminds me of a president that I have. And then other times it's like president porn. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I would love to have Bartlett in office or whatever. You know, not to get too political, but I want a fictional president in office. I want I want President Bartlett. Yeah. For, yeah That'd be nice. Yeah. Just as a treat. Uh, okay, so movies. Obviously, Snowpiercer we recently saw, which was, uh, and we saw, I think the last, well, we'll get there. We saw Snowpiercer, and that was fun, and then suddenly, <laughs> a couple days later, stopped being fun. Yeah. Like, I was I'm glad just, we watched it when we did. Yeah, I feel like watching any kind of apocalypse movie now is not too too the real. move. It's too soon? Yeah, it's way too soon. Um, but it was, good, it was a good movie, um, and Bang Joon-ho is... Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie that, of the ones that we've watched that resonated the most with me was probably Booksmart. Oh yeah. We've we've talked ad nauseum about how do how similar duos are. Yeah. And and about how like the dynamic of an effective duo is inherently a complicated, b codependent, and c um, not always the healthiest thing in the world. I think just seeing you know five years worth of our best and worst sort of qualities about each other played out in a two hour long movie yeah. was, you know, while <laughs> also bringing in like high school nostalgia was really cool to see. And the, mu- this, the music, the music in was that movie awesome. was unreal. It was so good. And the acting, the right, I mean, yeah, it's, just, it was, it's just a fucking good movie. As for TV shows, I just finished, I'm not okay with this. Oh yeah. Um, directed by Jonathan Entwistle, who, uh, also did end of the fucking world. I wanted to like it more than I did. Mm. I feel like, they wanted to hit the sort of campy nostalgia writing of like like John Hughes movies. Oh, okay. But just missed the mark. Yeah. Where it landed in this sort of uncanny valley of like bad writing without being like nostalgically resonant. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I feel like it just took way too long to amp up to where it was going. It like the whole thing was sort of leading towards the last episode where I feel like they could have done and, and it ended on I'm Spoilers, whatever, but it ends on a cliffhanger. Mm. Like they, they really slow burned. It's only seven episodes, and they sl- somehow slow burned. You know, you got more out of Watchmen, or right. you got more out of like the eight episodes of Watchmen. You know, and these are seven twenty-minute episodes. So, mm. like the fact that it felt at times like it was dragging, yeah, is weird. Yeah, because I watched the End of the Fucking World in pretty much one sitting, and like on it a never, plane, you're and always it was like you're always locked. It was in. just like a long movie. Like the arc of it felt like the pacing of it even as one coherent piece, felt pretty good. It, I'd say the arc of this show is fine, but like, there's just not enough explored, I think. Mm. It wanted so badly to be something that I think it got in its own way. That's mm. how I feel about it. I, I was entertained, but it wasn't, didn't blow my mind. It didn't blow my mind like the Bachelor finale that we also watched oh, a week ago. Oh, man. Um, moving on. <laughs> what's, a, what's a cool thing you saw or learned this week? <sighs> I, th- I thought I, I had something for this and then I forgot about it. Let me go through my YouTube watch history. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I guess one of the, I, I learned I learned a thing in the new Kurgsgat. I'm never gonna I never pronounced the name of that YouTube channel correctly. But uh, this week I learned about cancer and uh, the paradox of why larger animals can't get 
cancer. Oh yeah. Like or or like blue whales have almost no cancer and there the two theories as to why this is one of them being that sometimes because cancer is just a breakdown of cooperation on a cellular level sometimes it gets crazy and their tumors will develop something called hypertumors where the tumor has another tumor on it that will de- deflect resources away from the tumor and then the whole system will kind of get shut down and that might be a reason why larger animals get less cancer than us and i forget what the other explanation was but it just i don't know it just made me think about just cells and like how life functions on a microscopic level. And that was kind of just fun and interesting. Just in time for a, yeah, just in time for, for a global for pandemic. Us to really be thinking about viruses and cell cells and bacteria. I'm trying to figure out like what, what, what the, the cool thing I, I learned or saw this week. I mean, the other thing that comes to mind is not interesting. It's not positive, but like, I think I knew this thing was, like come in like and it was serious i was at, at chase bank and somebody collapsed oh yeah and i don't know i mean it could have been unrelated but it just the timing of it and the way that like it was that the, the people at the bank like wanted to pretend like it didn't happen hmm. like the person was brought to the, the staff lounge and i'm like are they okay like what happened and they're like nothing happened everything's okay i'm like that's not what i saw yeah you know yeah, that's terrible. Also, it's raining a ton in LA, and I love that. Yeah, you know that's a that's a fun. It's fun. always nice. I wish it weren't at. I wish it happened last week, and it was kind of yeah. just like a nice rainy time. As opposed to like to be the deluge inside. that accompanies the, you know, the, the, the yeah the, the deluge that accompanies the plague. The plague, yeah, yeah. There was just something about seeing like I think for me the first moment where it started like. It was a really humorous moment, but it was like the tipping point was just getting to Trader Joe's and seeing oh, yeah. the, the shelf of of pasta and rice be completely emptied out. Because it's like I knew like the Silver Lake Trader Joe's, it's a popular spot. They're not super well stocked for as popular as it is. So I knew that it was going to be like the first place that was going to have empty shelves. But yeah, seeing the lines, but seeing, seeing the it, sort of semi-hysteria, I almost bought a dozen jars of marinara. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I <laughs> probably should have bought more marinara though. Yeah. I was actually <laughs> going to eat marinara tonight after I did this. So thanks for reminding me of my dinner plans. And now I'm, <laughs> you know, now I'm hungry. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely, definitely been weird. Um, uh, but Taking it day by day, yeah. for sure. I'm also really proud of of your sim. You you started you started a nice little sim family. Oh yeah, right. Uh, in Sims Four last night. I was gonna say that was my high for the week. <laughs> so we can talk about that more later. But oh man, yeah, we got the highs and lows of the yeah. week. We're gonna we're gonna we'll save that then. All right. What's the last picture on your camera roll? Oh yeah, the most recent picture on my camera roll is a picture of Pepper Lewis taken today. We we're doing a FaceTime writing session. And I told her she looked like a Disney villain. <laughs> and she said, please send a picture, take a picture, a screenshot and send it to me. And I, I thought you can see yourself in FaceTime, but sure. And so I just took a screenshot <laughs> and, and sent it to her. She's, you, you guys had a FaceTime session today, right? Yeah, because all sessions are, uh, are, are canceled. Until further notice. By, by Roscoe and Ricky Reed, Phineas, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. My last photo uh, was this. I, I biked down earlier today mm. like I, we're, we're very much taking isolation Describe seriously the photo for the folks yeah well I'll, I'll get there <laughs> i very much take isolation seriously we are making sure that we stay uh inside we've pretty much been inside non-stop save for groceries since this started mostly just because we we can so we should kind yeah. of thing but i was just really it was raining i love the rain i was feeling really cooped up so i wanted to just bike you know and, and biking's safe because i won't be close to anybody whatever and I, it was raining really badly, and I biked down 
to uh, to Echo Park. And, you know, usually Echo Park is bustling, but it was raining and obviously we're in the midst of a quarantine. So it was completely, mm. you know, quiet, like very quiet. And just the rain was just like pouring down on the pond. And so the photo I took was of the statue covered in rain and then the sort of fountain that's like, you could barely see it because of like the fog, but I don't know. Just, just weird seeing the 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 neighborhood so desolate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just I was just taking a lot of pictures of the rain today. That's my last my last photo. I feel like this question sort of goes without saying, but what's on your mind right now? <laughs> what's on my mind right now? I mean, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's coronavirus. <laughs> but I mean, more broadly, it's like. I've been thinking a lot about how our collection of colleagues and peers and and people we work with and the whole community of kind of creative people in LA that we know at large, like how they're going to adapt and how I'm going to sort of personally interact with that and how we're going to sort of interact with it. You know, obviously there's a lot of people doing like live stream concerts and people are investing more into doing like TikTok TikTok streaming. And I've just been thinking a lot about like what's, What's the thing, what are things that I can personally do that will like make me happy and keep me busy, but also like won't, I don't know, like what are, what are the right things for me to be doing now? And that's the thing too. My, my best friend called me this morning and he's like, he's like, I, this year was supposed to be my year and I feel like it's kind of wasted and I'm trying to just like fight that. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was supposed to take an improv class today and it got canceled. Supposed to go to Israel for birthright. That got canceled. We were supposed to go to Ireland and yeah, London. Yeah, you, you were supposed to be in Austin right now for South by Southwest. I was Southwest. supposed to be at South by Southwest by now, you know. And it's just weird to think that possibly for the next couple of weeks, if not you know months, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And I think my heart kind of goes out to everybody who had plans, you know, and because I feel like everybody in their own way had plans, yeah. and this is going to change things, you know. Invariably, things are going to change after this for a lot of people. And I just hope wherever it lands is where they want it to land, or at least the best of a worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my heart goes out to everybody who I know was planning great shows, everybody who was making great songs that they feel uncomfortable now sort of putting out, um, people who are doing sessions, people who are trying to get their visa, their artist visa, yeah. who were reliant on the shows to and, and the, the sessions and everything to help with getting that visa also to promoters to session players to or in live players to everybody who in the like all the managers everybody who is being affected by the fact that this income source is drying up that live events aren't happening yeah you know my my heart goes out to the planners and 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 to anybody who's who's struggling and and like i said you know we're trying with this and with any platform that we have to not just make sure we're okay but that our community is okay yeah. you know that's what the Patreons for that's what our our ethos has been about the community of Talking Lion as well. Yeah, it's definitely definitely weird. I, you know what's on my mind? I think stems from an article my friend Russell wrote. He wrote this really cool piece for Medium about going to the theater last week, uh, going to the Vista to see Onward, the the new Pixar movie, and he was just talking about how he went because he realized that it was probably going to be a while before he'd be able to go to the, to the movies. And I know there's a lot of craziness going on right now. I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but I, you know, it's weird to think it's been making me think of like the last times we get to do things. Like we didn't know when we saw parasite, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, 
uh, that would be the last film we saw in the theater for a while. Yeah. I didn't know last time I went to my favorite restaurant and had a steak sandwich that that was going to be the last time I was going to have that sandwich for however long this goes on. Like it's, and even friends, I didn't realize that the last time we went out Friday night with friends, I'd be the last Friday night going out to a bar in a while. Yeah. You know, just sort of realizing that, that life can change in a second and that, things you're like I never thought I would be missing going to the movies you know or something like that but that they're and obviously in the light of this like people are are, are dying people are are sick like this is going to be a, a fucking nightmare but you know t- to compound it the things that would distract us from the nightmare world anyway are gone now too and that I think is a weird place for us to be in yeah so I think I don't think we've been without distraction as a, as a country for a while you know that's been on my mind. Yeah, it's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift, and obviously, my thoughts are with my my family. I'm just making sure because yeah. they're in New York, and that freaks me out. Uh, but my mom and dad are being smart, and my brothers stay and put in upstate. So, oh, and your parents seem to be doing all right, and yeah, Italy just, singing off the balcony. Yeah, and- <laughs> our, our party neighbors who have have theoretically everyone in the, in the apartment in Rome has access to the roof, but the people who live on the topmost floor are usually kind of mean about it. But it seems like. Today, in a, in response to uh, to Corona, they threw a they threw a little rooftop party, and I, my parents were posting a nice little cocktail party. The, my mom was saying that the people uh, in in the apartment next door to theirs uh, were like reading poetry to each other and like just <laughs> dancing and singing at the top of their lungs. So it's always nice to like hear about that in in times like these. Well, and, and we, you know, this is not a question that I'm probably going to wind up asking in future chats. But given this sort of quarantine, do you have any like hopes for you know positive hopes? For for you personally or whatever. Like I know in my head I like goals. I want things that I want to do while we're doing, like while we're, while, while we're stuck here. You know, I'd like to maybe record a folk record or yeah. write some poetry or write a script, um, get in better shape, uh, just being home and, and working out and stuff and maybe write some more songs with yeah. you back like in the way that we used to before doing co-writes and everything. I think I just hopefully get better at cooking too. Yeah. The things like little goals that, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not going to change my life in the way that I thought I was going to, by, you know, going to improv classes or traveling, whatever, I'd like to at least continue to work towards like progress f- for my own mental. You yeah. Know? Well, this is, you know, this is some, this, what's been really funny about this is it's really like a put your money where your mouth is moment for all the stuff that you say you don't have time for. Oh, so yeah. it's like, oh yeah, like I would I would do more graphic design if I had time. Like I would like get into video editing if I had more time. Like I would like do this and like now there's there's all this stuff that I've kind of had, you know, knocking around on my list and I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't I don't have the time for that cuz I'm trying to be more active, I'm trying to go out more. Like one of my honestly my goals for for this period of my life were to be more social, to like be less, like spend less time inside to like, you know, hit up more people, go for drinks with like people I want to be friends with, be better about fostering friendships and like going out more. So now (laughs) it's just like, well, okay, well, I guess, I guess I have to put a a, a damper on that one for the moment, but it gives me opportunity to be like, okay, well you say you want to read more. You say you didn't have the time. Now you definitely have the time. Do you want to read? The answer is no, but I'm going to, uh, I think the, uh, well, that's, that's how I feel. Like I've had this script idea that I wanted to write. I, you know, (laughs) want to do this folk record and poems and whatnot and I just can't stop playing video games and like being like oh well I'm gonna be in this quarantine for a while let me just put that off for later yeah like I feel like you know part of the reason these things don't get done is because you don't necessarily want to get them done yeah or like this there is definitely like a struggle to like make anything that is outside of your comfort zone that I feel like I I hate to push against but you know I imagine by day you know eight we're gonna be 
hungry for new things to do. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the last couple days, you know, the last couple of days of like personal quarantine of just like you know locking myself in a room and just watching an HBO show, partially just to deal with this first wave of shock of like, whoa, like this is we're we're in this now. Well, and on that note, what is the high and low of the week for you? Oh yeah, um, I guess I'll start with. I, I think honestly, think in all of it, the low for my week was it was sort of discovering that uh, the medication that I've just been prescribed is way more expensive than I thought it was. And it just, in that moment, it was like one of those domino effect things of uh, just between starting to see the coronavirus get really bad and then realizing, already having like concerns and question marks about like my future and like my finances. It was just like a, like a gut punch of like, oh yeah, like this just got 10% worse. And that was the thing that made me just feel like, sent me into a spiral of absolute hopelessness. And that was just something I had to sort of pull myself out of. But that felt like the the sort of darkest moment. It's just being like, oh yeah, like I, I just, I, it was, it came in a moment where I was just like, I just really need a win. And then it was like, oh, okay, well that's another like thing on top. It was like the straw that broke the, the camel's brain, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I will say in all of it, the high of my week has been the game of the Sims that, that we all uh, played last night. It's, it's funny. I've, I, I really love The Sims. I went through a period in high school, senior year of high school, where I played like a really long game of The Sims. I started this big extended family <laughs> and I, I, I spent a lot of time with them. I went through almost three generations of this family. Oh my God. Like, like start, like it was already a multi-generational family, but like I got to the point where the, the patriarch of the family like died and became a ghost that like haunted the house and like hung around for a while. And then he like went off to the graveyard. There were like multiple, yeah, like generations. And it was this crazy weapon. I got really invested in these sort of characters that I had created and I, I've never really played a game as involved as that, but I've always been like, I la- you know, when you get into The Sims, it can be really fun, but it's also one of those things that, especially as an adult, when you actually have floors to clean and, like, you have to take care of your brain, something about playing The Sims properly and, like, like m- taking a human through life and just, like, making making sure that they're eating and sleeping it feels really kind of, like, unproductive because every second you spend trying to, like, actually make this virtual thing's life better is the second you're not spending making your actual life better. <laughs> so there's there's always been a part of my brain that's wanted to play The Sims, but it's always counteracted by the smarter part of my brain. It's like, that's a terrible use of time. But what was really beautiful about last night is, you know, The Sims 4 was the free PSN game for last month. So I had the, the download lying around in my library. Uh, our roommate Meg loves The Sims. And I just I put up the the Sims Four on 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 the projector in my room, and we played through this <laughs> this game. And we got invested in this very absurd character, Ricardo Ariola, and his quest to become an influencer and and become impregnated by the richest man in town. Uh, Which and, I, you succeeded on all fronts. Yeah, like, no, yeah. We're, we're doing really well. But it, it, the thing the thing that gave me a sort of meta level of joy was like, oh, actually, much like The Bachelor, The Sims makes sense as a, as a piece of entertainment one when you don't take it too seriously and two when it can be a group uh, uh playing and watching experience like literally every single person who lives in our house was a part of this game of the sims at one point like there like people were coming in and out of the room and like being a part of this story and that kind of like i don't know it was just it was a really it was a really fun interact I, I think it's it's it spoke to me to like it's one of the reasons i really love video games like as a medium, just like the sort of interactive nature of the storytelling and how like at its best, it can be this like, it can heighten the experiences that we get from like film and television to like another level because there's like this level of interactivity and like socialness to it. So I just, I just had a really fun time playing The Sims last night and it, it really, it really warmed my soul for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was <laughs> some wild, wild times. I would like come in and out of the room and every time I would come in, it was like a new development. <laughs> 
It's like, I mean, now we're going to get impregnated by the richest person. It's like, go for it, Ricardo Ariola. You got this. Let's see my highs and lows. I feel like the high was, was that night playing Catan. I think Oh yeah. I was recognizing that it was probably going to be like the last time I was going to be able to go out and like really kind of, you know, enjoy company for a minute maybe. And uh, I just had fun doing that. And, and then, of course, doing the fiddle jam after was really cool. And that was definitely like a high for the week. Though, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, and I think at this point I'm probably addicted to it just a little bit. But it's been really nice. It's been a fun game. Like, my, my best friend has been trying to get me to play it for literally two years. And it's nice to just, like, get into a game and, yeah. get, and try to get better at it. And, like, obviously I could probably be more productive as well. But I also don't... I feel like we have our stuff on track. Like I don't yeah. feel like I should be writing or I should be whatever. Like, there are things I want to do. But I also want to play Overwatch, and I've been enjoying that. You know, and having some time to like actually play video games has been really cool. Uh, the low was probably somewhere between Wednesday and Thursday because Wednesday we had a session, um, one of our, our last sessions. And in the middle of that was when I started finding out how things were going down in New York, like that there was a case in my hometown that like my brother, my brother's school got canceled. And so I was like texting them throughout all of that just kind of realizing like, oh, this is not just like a thing. Like this is, this is happening. Like this is going to be, this is going to get worse. And if it, and if it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse first in my hometown. Yeah. And I was, I was scared. Like, I think I really felt it. I felt a lot of it that day. And, and that of course was the day we went to get groceries as well. But yeah, then, then there, there were, then there were the highs. You know? Yeah, it's been an okay week, all things considered. All things considered, you know, yeah. I mean, it honestly feels a lot like it did around Christmas, where like I just I didn't really leave the house. I played a lot of video games. The days pass quickly. The days are passing quickly. Yeah, you know, like I thought, like the boredom would make these like drag out, but if anything, it's like. Yeah, then he's like, oh, it's it's nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think a lot of ways it's because we we can kind of get used to a monotony when we fill our days up with stuff then those feel long because you're like, oh, I did these three things all day. It's like, no, today I watched some TV and played Overwatch. Done. Edited another episode of the podcast, but, you know, then done. Well, then I guess the last question is really important, which is what are you looking forward to? You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow because <laughs> that's that's all we got right now. But broadly, I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, using this time, using this time to be a bit more productive, you know, now that the sort of, the first wave of, of, of just the, or just the paradigm shift is kind of set in and, you know, it's, it's kind of more official on paper. Like there's not really any wiggle room anymore to be like, Oh, like I'm still going to go somewhere. Like there's nowhere to go anymore. Like the restaurants have closed as of today. Yeah. Like we're, we're buckled into, you know, for the sake of society, we're like, we're in, we're inside and we should be inside. And we've all kind of agreed on that broadly as a culture. So it's like, okay, there's, there's no wiggling out of this. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Then, you know, the question is like, you know, what, what am I personally going to do about it? And it is, it feels exciting. It feels at least more exciting. It feels more exciting than, than, than terrifying at the moment, uh, at least on a personal level. Cause like, yeah, the, it's scary and uncertain. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I don't know what's going to happen to my family, but all I can be responsible for is myself. And at least on that front, I'm excited to to use this time and, and this this sort of freedom that has come with this uh, this crisis to you know to make some art and to and to try to put some good out into the world in all the ways that are available to us now. I, I can really only echo that. Like I I am looking forward to 
taking this time to make things that I have claimed not to have time to make, to work on myself, to be more comfortable with being alone, you know, because if anything, that was what I was trying to work on from the very start. You know, you said you want to try to get out more. I'm trying to like not need it. And this is, mind you, cold turkey, but I'm trying to make the most of that. I mean, I am excited to see what art you make. I'm excited to see what art I make, what we make together. Like, And I'm also excited because... You know, and as awful as this is, like there is now a new sense of community yeah. as a country. That you know, for as divisive as things are, we are now all facing this together. And as it's been shown by the presidency and the administration, we're probably gonna have to face this alone. And so because of that, we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to be kind to each other. And I think what I'm excited about is to sort of see if there is a positive aftermath. To I mean, you, you have Mitt Romney talking about universal basic income. Yeah. If there is a silver lining to this, is it's recognizing our weaknesses as a country and, and coming together to make it stronger. Yeah. And in our small community, it's it's okay. Well, who's hurting? Can we help? Like, are there things that we can do to entertain? Are there things that we can do financially? Are there things that we can do, you know, on a in a blog space or like? Are there things that we can do to help those who are having trouble? There's a great lyric in one of Leto's songs that he only sang live because he changes it. But in in Corner Love, Leto sings this line, which is um, to save your neighbor's life, you have to put on your mask first. Yeah, I think it's important that everybody takes this time now to like check in with yourself, check in with your people, like make sure that you are doing everything you can to be to be safe. But after that, you know, when you know that you're safe and secure, can you help others? I think we're going to be able to see how individualism either gets fortified or cracks under all this. And I think, I think I'm excited to at least see where those chips land. Yeah. And I'm optimistic to see where those chips land. And similarly, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a better idea in a week or two of, of what this really is. Yeah. You know, in a week or two is when people who might be going out or whatever will start showing symptoms. And, and we'll know if we actually really contain this. Yeah. I hope. So, yeah, you know, I, I am I am looking forward to, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to, you know, I me, mean, I love plans, <laughs> you know, and our plans in a very visceral way have completely come undone. I think everybody's plans have. So, you know, part of me, the part of me that loves planning is kind of excited. Well, new plan. We need a new plan. Yeah. You know, new plan time. So yeah, you know this is uh, this is and this is part of the plan. This is this little chat, you yeah. know, because in in a lot of ways, like you know, obviously we live together and and we've been friends for five years and we do sessions together and everything. But I feel like we don't necessarily get a chance to like decompress. Yeah, like to actually be like, how are you doing? Like we used to get breakfast or whatever. Now breakfast places are closed. Yeah. So it's, it'll be nice to be like, okay, well, how are you doing? And we get to sort of see this community re- react and respond in, in real time. And I think that that's that's uh that's worth doing yeah likewise to anybody who is listening and would like to help keep the show going as well as help the community our patreon will be open by the time this comes out any amount will mean the world but there are going to be some cool prizes from mugs to shirts to exclusive hangouts and skype calls Maybe even have you on a show yeah there are a lot of fun things that we're hoping to do with the patreon and as I mentioned, we will be giving 50% of what we earned from the Patreon towards expenses for the show, as well as artists in our community. So we hope that you'll you'll check that out and we'll continue to have these chats. Considering how some of the people that we scheduled to have on this year 
are also going to be quarantined, are also not traveling to Los Angeles, et cetera. There's a chance we might be doing more of these than artist interviews. So hopefully you like these. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you like these, Noah. Yeah. You know, I, think, nice I think these are it's a nice little chat. Yeah. Also, thank you for joining us uh, on this nice, nice chat. And we'll hopefully we'll get through this together. And I'm looking forward to doing this again. Yeah.